Welcome, Mad Hatter Industries presents the Ruck and Rise podcast. We're here helping others rise out of their comfort zones, facing adversities head on while providing a safe space to have open, honest, difficult conversations in order to keep pushing forward. We will also cover topics such as fitness, mental health, positive mindset, and more. We invite you to join us on our Ruck and Rise journey. We are your hosts, Allie Brown, soon to be Curvin. And Dave Curvin. Disclaimer, we are not mental health professionals, nor do we claim to be. If you or someone you love is struggling, we encourage you to seek help from a professional. You can contact CMHA, the Canadian Mental Health Association, at 1-833-456-4566. So welcome to episode three of the Rock and Rise podcast. And we have our first guest on the episode or on the show, Sean Taylor. Woohoo! Yes, Holder, got that spot. The man. So, yep. Yeah, got to slide in and there before anyone else. I know. Yeah, even before Corey Hat. I wonder what yeah. he's going to say about that. That guy. Yeah, there'll be some salty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there'll be some salty players for sure. So. That's right. I know. I was just saying I'll be the first one to tease him about it as well. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Excellent. I'll give a little bit of a bio, a little bit of background on Sean, and then Sean, feel free to fill in whatever I'm missing or uh, anything that you want to add on it. And really, I just kind of pulled from what I've read off you. But the first thing I'm going to add is, is uh, Sean, pretty much overall, just an awesome dude, you know, mm-hmm. kind of kicking ass at the game of life. Um, but uh, background-wise, so retired Tier 1 operator, Warrant officer, am I correct on that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, uh, police college use of force instructor, computer system engineer, teacher, author, international security consultant, coffee shop owner, and I'm going to throw in uh, coffee connoisseur. I'm, I, I've I've heard enough on the uh, on the coffee end of things that uh, this man knows the coffee. best coffee. Yeah, yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, high performance race coach, martial artist. 24-hour solo mountain bike world champion. Um, that's super appealing to, to myself, former mountain bike racing enthusiast, and uh, podcaster. And like I say, just an overall awesome guy. So welcome, Sean, to the show. And um, yeah, anything you want to touch on your end of uh, bio-wise? No, I think you pretty much captured it all as, as you both probably know, it makes me uncomfortable just to hear my own resume. Uh, so yeah. I think we'll just keep it as is. Just skip over that. I've actually been listening to some of the um, episodes from, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. The Collective. The Collective. The Thank collective. you. Yes. Holy first brain fart of the night. Um, and uh, one of the episodes you guys talked about that, about how you guys especially felt uncomfortable hearing praise and even sometimes giving praise. And also um, in one of the episodes in January, you talked about how your son over COVID, one of your sons had written a book and that it was really good. And I was like, holy crap, this 17 year old has written a book, like way to lead by example. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, there's some more praise, sorry. <laughs> uh, how's the weather there anyway, is it nice? Yeah. yeah. It's all very impressive stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so, uh, the topic for tonight, yeah, so we tonight, can jump and, and in. Sean doesn't really know. He just no. pulled into this episode and, and pulled into this podcast. Oh, good, though. This right. is my favorite style of uh, communication is the, uh, 
the mystery of the moment. What's what's going to happen not only in the now, but two seconds from now. We're kind of shaping the conversation now rather than pre-planning it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, where it could go anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Um, so topic of tonight and, and um, the model that I've sort of kind of taken on over the last, uh, I don't know, well. A couple of years for sure. Yeah, a few years anyways, is, is uh, because I can. And I'll elaborate on that. Uh, it, it stems from um, being able to push my body physically and to push um, challenging, you know, uh, sports um, endeavors and that sort of thing. And I sort of established, I sort of took that model on uh, a number of years back, but more recently when, um, so my sister, she was diagnosed with uh, multiple myeloma in 2019. And in 20, I think it was 2018, she had just sort of uh, started running again or getting into running. So my my family background, I was always kind of the, the sports um, sibling or the sports uh, child between my sister and I. Uh, it's just the two of us. And then Jocelyn, my sister, was uh, more of the music arts thing. Not to say that she wasn't active early on in life and, um, you know, played soccer and high jump and that sort of thing through elementary school. Um, but her, yeah, she was sort of more the artsy and uh, music person. And I was the sports guy. So it was uh, it was very exciting for me when, um, you know, she decided to kind of take on this um, – yeah, this challenge of uh, running a 5K race. So 2018, I'm pretty sure it was 2018. Yeah, I think so. We ran our first uh, 5K race together, which was really special for me. I have, you know, been spending my whole life, um, yeah, running races and doing uh, sporting things. So to have her involved was was really special. And then, you know, unfortunately, uh, and she was going to, you know, plan on continuing through that journey and, and on that path of, uh, you know, doing some more 5k races, maybe even a 10k. Um, and then, yeah, 2019, early on, I'm going to say January, February came around. And that was when the diagnosis came out. And so obviously her life kind of took on uh, a different direction where it uh, became just sort of combating cancer really. And, and, uh, and so I started to train for events. I was training for Iron Warrior that year um, in 2019 and then um, sort of d- developed that motto or that mentality. Well, you know, I'm going to push my body and I'm going to push myself through these challenging um, physical times because because I can. Mm-hmm. Because my body is allowing me to do it. There's I don't have any physical limitations. Only limitations that I have are in my mind. And, and there's, so there's no reason that I can't push myself to, to, to train harder, um, to go faster, um, to be stronger. There's nothing stopping me in my way. And, and so when it came to my sister, um, she didn't have that option. So that was sort of, you know, taken away from her. So I continue to push myself to the limits or, or push past the limits or create new boundaries. Um, simply because I can, because my body will allow me to do it. And, uh, and you never know when things could turn around and change and, and you can't, and you don't have that opportunity. So, um, so that's kind of the topic in the discussion tonight is, is why, you know, why we take on the challenges that we do physically, 
I know Sean, uh, obviously 24 hour mountain bike solo champion. Um, you're no stranger to kind of, you know, pushing your body to the limits and pushing past, um, boundaries, uh, in that sense, as far as training goes. And, um, you know, we'll maybe get into, you know, what, what drives you to that or what's driven you, you know, in the past and all along to, to kind of reach the levels that you've, you've attained because obviously world champion, that's, it doesn't get much, uh, <laughs> much mm-hmm. more of a higher level than that. Yeah. And then how it ties into helping you get through other like just life challenges that get thrown your way, you know, whether it's grief or illness or whatever, how doing these physical things comes back and, and just kind of gives you the mental strength to get through it. Yeah. Really. Yeah, for sure. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that um, I feel blessed to have, have uh, had sports in my life and, and to train through various things. Um, you know, I was a, a hurdler uh, years ago and that, methodical step-by-step process of um you know how you get yourself 100 meters 110 meters down the track over 10 hurdles um it doesn't just happen instantly it is a progression practice and it's a step-by-step progression and it's repetition repetition and it's repetition of small small motor movements and small motor uh, skills that are developed and i really think that has enabled me to kind of overcome a lot of other barriers and a lot of other obstacles, um, um, you know, mentally uh, that I've been faced with um, at relative, I'm not going to say with ease, but certainly with, um, you know, the skill set of the tools. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, Jocelyn is doing fairly well. She's in treatment still or again currently, but she's uh, also on a little fitness, a new fitness journey that is kind of covered by her doctors and they're helping her get strength her strength back and everything like that and she's doing pretty well yeah yeah, yeah. which is fantastic so uh so sean, sean, yeah sean in? do you want to are you done dave <laughs> i would love to know your thoughts on um like i say kind of what um what in your background and what in your past has uh brought you to some of the uh, achievements and some of the levels like what um yeah what's kind of taken you to um you know sort of overcome or, or mentally crash down those barriers or break down those barriers to, to push to that next level? Well, I, I think that um, I'll start off by saying I do believe I'm no different than anyone else out there. Um, I think that anyone can achieve um, whatever they want to achieve as long as they apply enough focus, discipline, intensity against the timeline. You'll get what you want, but you got to want it, and that's the trick. Right. And so the... A couple of, you said a couple of things there that are interesting to me. One is that you're a hurdler, which, I mean, hopefully you knew your wife before you claimed that you're a hurdler. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's out of the way. When you look at the idea of hurdling, I think that there's three distinct phases as a hurdler. And uh, there's also uh, uh, an overarching important theme that I'll talk about once I describe the three phases. The first one is maybe you're in the blocks and you're about to punch off. So you've got to achieve a certain velocity to hit that first hurdle. And uh, that velocity starts from zero and goes up to the optimal velocity in order to clear that hurdle as efficiently and effectively as possible Mm -hmm. to set you up for the next hurdle. And so every hurdle along the way requires a certain velocity, a certain pace, a certain amount of focus in order to 
clear each hurdle. And then once you've cleared the last hurdle, then you've got to just lean in a little bit more. You've got to increase your velocity just a touch more to take you over the line, kind of leaning across the line, which is different than when you're on the hurdles, which is different than when you're in the blocks. So there's three different velocities, three different approaches, because you have three different problems in front of you. What is interesting about hurdling, I think, is that as you're, as you're in training, if you get six hurdles down and you clip that six hurdle, it falls down, and then you, you're, you clear seven, eight, nine, and 10, and you, you come across the finish line with a beautiful time, maybe your best time ever, now you're looking back at hurdle six, and, and it's all for naught. The right. best time ever didn't even happen because of that one hurdle, because of that minor error, as it were. And so I think it's an interesting metaphor or a, a, a good analogy for life that uh, hurdling, in a way, is a reflection of life, uh, depending on how much you focus on the hurdle, depending on how much you focus on the error, depending on whether you're focusing on the overarching theme. There's mm -hmm. lots of ways we could tease out hurdling into an entire podcast, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? And yeah, and I'm glad that you that you brought that up, that metaphor for, you know, kind of anything in life. Because I'll be honest with you, when uh, when my track and field coach approached me about um, you know hurdling or becoming a hurdle, um, you know, I can still remember standing, you know, at the start blocks or standing at the start of the track and looking down and seeing ten hurdles and, and thinking, how am I going to achieve this? How am I going to get over those hurdles and so uh, you know and at the time i uh, i was probably naive and, and didn't sort of recognize or realize that well it just it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen instantly and you don't just sort of jump out of the blocks and, and all of a sudden and if you were looking at hurdles and, and and be successful with it you're you're absolutely right it, it takes it's broken down into a lot of steps and a lot of movements and i mean you're, you know, we spent time, um, we spent hours and hours and hours just in the blocks and just exploding out of the blocks. And then we would spend hours and hours and hours just lead leg, lead leg drills, just that lead leg up to the hurdle, lead leg up to the hurdle over and over again. And then same with the trail leg, just trail leg up to the hurdle, trail leg back, trail leg up. And then, uh, and then, yeah, clearing the hurdle. And, and so it was, hours and repetition and repetition and repetition so then it became you know that muscle memory was there and then over time after you know practicing and and then you start to clear one hurdle um and you and you repeat it you do it again you go back to the blocks you come out of the blocks and you hit that same first hurdle and then then you're on to two hurdle because you're getting the steps and you're getting the, the the proper um yeah steps in between and so, so you're hitting the next hurdle and so after a while you kind of go yeah, okay, I've, I've cleared one hurdle, cleared two hurdles. It's no different. The recipe is the same. The movements are the same. Um, now I can get myself through 10 hurdles and I can carry on. So that initial looking down the track and seeing 10 obstacles, if you will, well, hurdles, literally hurdles, and kind of having this, uh, you know, this mind blockage of, uh, you know, I don't think I can do this. How am I going to do this? to then going through, well, I can do this because I've trained for it. I've spent the time, put the time in. I've spent time on the repetition. Um, I've got the movements down. And next thing you know, um, yeah, you're, you're clearing the hurdles and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, 
hopefully you're winning uh, events and 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 life. The metaphor goes on to you're you're winning a life because you've you've established the tools and the uh, the repetition to get yourself over hurdle one and then over hurdle two and then you know to the finish line. So um, I agree. I think it's a, personally I think it's a great metaphor for for tackling uh, kind of anything in life or how you approach anything in life. You, you, you can't always look at just big picture and get overwhelmed with it. You have to be able to break it down into. And yet you did. And so how did you change your ways? Because you didn't change your ways overnight. What, no. what was it that changed your way? What was it that had you look down that track and think, oh, I'm going to be the best hurdler in the world? Right. Yeah, which, it was, which is a really embarrassing slogan, by the way. So. Nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. And I, I actually, I met, so I met my, you know, my track and field kind of uh, idol. Uh, so Mark McCoy. Uh, 92 um, Olympics. Uh, he was the gold medalist for uh, the 110 hurdles. And uh, I that was him. your coach? No, it wasn't my coach. Oh, no, I was going to no. say, holy ankle hurt. Wow. No, I had a conference, um, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago um, oh. through the sport massage therapy community. And, um, and I was so excited to meet him because, you know, I had posters of him on my wall. And, and I, did you get all limbered up before you went into? <laughs> Yeah, probably. The warm up back there. Yeah, yeah. Just practicing your hurdle, your imaginary hurdle yeah, in exactly. front of him. Yeah, I was setting tables up just to show off. <laughs> so, but I, I remember, uh, I remember meeting him and, and uh, you know, getting pictures, taking, having a conversation with him, and uh, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Um, I found him like he was pretty arrogant, really. Mm, that's was, too bad. That it, sucks. It was almost, yeah, it was almost a letdown. Yeah, it is a letdown because yeah. that just kind of because ruins it. he was it. so talented. Yeah. But, you know, the personality just didn't really, unfortunately. So Dang. So, yeah, so it happens. But yeah. then, like, how do you process that? What What were your initial thoughts? Well, initially I thought, like, Wow. I, it was hard to, it was hard to process at the time. Cause like I say, I had, I had built this individual up so much over the years, um, you know, following through high school and stuff. And, and, uh, and uh, so to have that initial conversation, I, I, uh, I don't know, like I say, it was a, it was, a, it was a bit of a letdown and, and I kind of thought, you know, it's unfortunate because there were a couple of other Olympic athletes that were in the room as well. And, uh, and they were so genuine and so humble and so nice to, to have conversation with. And uh, I really, really enjoyed. And, and they were open to having conversation, whereas, uh, unfortunately, Mark was fairly closed off. And, um, and so, I, you know, I, I sort of started to direct myself towards, you know, having conversation with the other athletes because I just, again, I just, I want to have conversation with people that are, um, you know, inspiring and, 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 <laughs> and nice. Yeah. You want to <laughs> surround yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Do, do you think, um, do you think that he, and, and now I'm just using uh, this individual as an example. Do you think a, an individual like that is, uh, demonstrating their authentic self in these smaller gatherings versus like if they were in front of a microphone, like if they were podcasting, they would have a different vibe about them. What do you think? Yeah, interesting. Um, 
I, I do sort of think that it, you know, maybe there was a bit of a facade there. Maybe there was a bit of a, um, it was a, like I say, it was a conference. It was a room full of um, sport massage therapists that were, many were headed on to, to work at the, uh, the next Olympics and, and many were headed on to, you know, Pan Am games and things like that. And so, you know, yeah, you could kind of get the sense that, that maybe it was a, a, a little bit of a show and uh, hopefully, you know, perhaps just like one-on-one in, in a room where it was just the, the two of us could have got, you know, maybe more of a genuine uh, conversation, a genuine person. So. In my experience, arrogance is arrogant everywhere. So I, I, I tend to agree. However, I have a curious mind, so I don't even know the dude and I'll never meet him. And, and it, he's actually just acting as an avatar right now. Yeah. So as I look at the, the issue and what you just said there, Dave, is something that I was going to start digging towards is I wonder if based on when he was an Olympian and based on it was a modern, we'll call it a now performing athlete uh, group that we're going to be going on to support near future things that are relevant. Maybe he felt irrelevant in a room full of relevancy and so yeah. he was kind of like flaring out, you know, unnecessarily. Right. That's yeah. a good point too. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, it it, it makes sense anyways. Yeah. 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 But I could be totally wrong. But it's still amusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was still uh, you know, I still quite enjoyed the day. I got to, you know, like I say, I got to got to finally uh meet him and then like I say, meet a number of other Olympic athletes that were just um uh, and and anyone that I've interacted with as far as high performance level athletes go, um, they're yeah they're 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 great to talk to and they're great to sort of um, almost study in a way uh, to sort of watch their their habits and their um, their schedule and and how sort of disciplined they are with um, a lot of aspects in life because it's not just it's not just often it's not just their sport that they're incredibly successful with or, or disciplined with, but it's, it's sort of schooling, education, all kinds of other things in life because they've allowed, or they've been able to develop that, that same um, sort of disciplinary regime that they put forth in, in everything that they do, regardless whether it's yeah, training for an event or it's training for an education or a job or a career, or just trying to better themselves and then better the people around them. So, uh, I've always find it found it very fascinating to to sort of interact with um, people that have achieved sort of high level performance in sport because um, I find it really overlaps with within their um, yeah their life their general lifestyle as well yeah and you kind of go about life that same way sure yeah and yeah it's, yeah they're inspired yeah so yeah you're gonna surround yourself even if you're not with them all the time you're gonna read about them or follow them or mm-hmm. you know because that's gonna build you up too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, at some point it becomes less of a um, an architectured a- approach. And by that, I mean like you are constantly focusing on building your house or building your, 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 your stack of subset skills or whatever the case is. I think that at a certain point, it just becomes who you are. And so there's that old quote of the way you do one thing is the way that you do a thousand things. And so I think that there's a certain point in someone's life where if they've been focused, disciplined, dedicated to their craft, if it's being an athlete or an artist or a whatever you want to name within any industry, if you really want to become good at that, if you want to see your full potential in that, 
then you've just got to run your life a certain way. And as you run it in a certain way, it just becomes more and more normal until if you've got the luxury of looking backwards and having a very clear mind, you can see the delta or the difference between old you and present you. And it's right about that time where you see the big difference on how it's pervasively uh, created a lot of really positive uh, approaches within everything within your life from sleep to hydration to nutrition to all of it. Once you realize that it's quite pervasive and that that is your standard of pursuing excellence, well, then you find yourself in the um, in uh, surrounded by excellence, by people who are excellent. You, you have your friends are excellent. The sport that you're in, the, the level that you're operating at has excellence it, at that level. It's, I think it's truly like anything in life that uh, you, you can be a uh, Frisbee golf player. And if it's day one, when you start out, if, if you, if you look at the sport as uh, well, I found an old Frisbee in the ditch, I'm going to become a world champion. I suppose that's one way to approach it. But another way is someone said you can be a world champion in uh, Frisbee golf. I spent the afternoon sniffing around on the internet and did a little bit of research and I found the right Frisbee for me at this point in the early days that I think will give me enough of a balance when I throw it that I can learn about the sport, I can learn about the performance, and I can learn more about myself. Rather than grabbing the garbage Frisbee, buy the right Frisbee for you in that phase. And now it's intention. Mm -hmm. You're engaging with intentional decision-making to pursue excellence. But then it becomes normalized. Next thing you know, you're standing to a bunch of guys, standing around with a bunch of guys and girls who are freaking frisbee golf world champions yeah. and and that's just the way it is man as long yeah. as you pursue the right path the right trajectory this is always the outcome right excellent yeah it's a great point and and just yeah it goes back to yeah you, you do you sort of gravitate you end up gravitating towards people that are doing great things and people that are trying to make themselves better today than they were yesterday regardless of yeah, whether it's in uh, sport or their skill set or their trade or whatever. And I think, you know, sports are, are, are one thing, but you can, you can develop that through any skill set. I, and I said this, I think in the, the first episode, like I, my track and field coach, that same track and field coach that took me through my hurdle development and my starting blocks, my sprinting development actually, and started me in the mountain bike racing as well. Uh, he was the one that, that said, you know, Dave, whatever you do in life, never stop learning. And, and again, uh, I've, I've really taken that to heart. And I think that, I think that anyone, if you want to have progression, um, in that forward motion, um, you know, develop new skills, like pick up, pick up something different that you haven't done before. Um, and then, and, and learn to do it and find out how, how you go about mastering it or how you go about perfecting it. And, uh, and just, continue to learn because it's only going to, again, continue that progression of uh, just bettering yourself um, mm. you know, for the next challenge, whatever comes. Because like you say, once you've developed that skill set um, and repetition in movements or repetition in whatever it is, learning a skill, um, you can apply that to, to anything really and then uh, and be successful. With it, so. You can, but there is a tricky little trap right mm. near the front end that some people miss. And uh, they're still oblivious to it because it's just not a thought construct for them. And uh, and this is I'm I'm not giving this out to any specific person. I'm just saying I see this happening. 
and it is uh, someone, people, a group, will become interested in a thing, and that thing is called becoming awesome. But they'll consider it through the views of a, or through the eyes of a uh, passive bystander, and so they'll they'll academically engage. They'll academically get excited about the pursuit of excellence through a intellectual construct. And so they'll start to feel like they're part of a team, part of a process, part of a thing that's making them better through just simply listening and and reading. And, and they are, to some degree, getting involved in becoming better, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But where it becomes um, an important distinction is when that intellectual pursuit then gets conflated into the fact that now they're an iron man uh they're they, they just finished running an iron man yesterday though they don't own running shoes but they've read a lot about running shoes mm-hmm. and so there there there's a thing that happens out there where people get excited to become part of of, of a ford trajectory group but they're not getting dusty or sweaty or dirty uh in the process and therefore they get a false sense of uh, or a conflated sense of how uh, invested they are in their own uh, excellence. They're almost missing the process. Is that kind of what you mean? That's kind of what I'm saying is okay. they're, they're involved in the process intellectually. Yeah. But they're, they're not, not they're doing not the work. Yet. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I gotcha. I follow. I dig. Well, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> do you see any of it yourself or... Um, do you see it as an issue or not? Is it a non-factor? I know I'm sure that it happens, but I don't. I'm trying to think if I can, if I notice it happening in any groups or anything that we kind of hang out with or that we see. But I, nothing's really popping to mind. Dave, well, maybe, maybe um, not. But this is a this is a thought that is on my mind a fair bit because I do see you're it. And it? I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get people to step into some action. Okay, it's one yeah. of my big challenges right now. Now, not for you guys. I mean, you're action oriented. And that's maybe why you're not seeing it much is because the group that you're hanging out with is action oriented. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. That's your norm. You, you, maybe you see that everyone's in the game, but that's not what I'm seeing at a more global level. I okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well, I would certainly agree with that on the on the larger scale or yeah, globally. But, but yeah, I think I, I agree with Ali. I think that and I think we're blessed that way, or we're we're you know maybe a bit lucky that um, the community that we surround ourselves, or the people that we surround ourselves, are very goal driven, and they're um, um, they're always pursuing the next sort of thing to yeah, make themselves better, um, family oriented, or even career wise, mm-hmm. or always learning you know, in sports. So that yeah, they're uh, most for the most part yeah, it's either they're always learning, yeah. always developing and. I would and, say it wasn't always that way, but we've really sort of not that we're super picky about who we hang out with, but I mean, we want people who are like-minded like us and who are kind of living their life similar to us because we have more in common and that's who we want to surround our, our ourselves with and our spend our time with. Right. So I think we've sort of designed it that way. I don't think it's a flaw, like a, no, yeah, and that, that is it. That is precisely it. And, and it's, it's not through luck that you find yourself in that position. That's yeah. that's a shape or an intention. It was intentional. Yeah. However, 
I was there about a year ago when, and then I gave away my company in order to come and do this stuff, podcasting, where it, it's not, not everyone is uh, highly focused, disciplined, and kicking arse uh, as world champions. So I moved out of a very select uh, circle of high performers and moved into a much broader sphere of not everyone is a performer. And so it is quite a different world out there once you start looking at on a scale of tens of thousands of people, rather mm-hmm. than a couple of hundred people, uh, which mm-hmm. was my world previously. So um, maybe you're not seeing it as much as I am because you're you're me a year ago. Yeah. Talk to us. <laughs> we'll have another interview in a year. Exactly. We'll see yeah. where we are. We'll, we'll circle around to this in another yeah. year. And we'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll let you know. But, but uh, no, I, I, I agree. I think, and for the most part, yeah, like I say, we're pretty lucky that, uh, but I think that's been a progression though. I, yeah. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight. Exactly. It didn't happen overnight. And, um, you know, nor yeah, should it even. No, if it did, that'd be ago, really weird. Three yeah. or four years ago, it, it could have been, um, you know, even a progression for ourselves because um, like I know Ali quite well and I can, from the outside, I can, I can see the progression that even Ali has transformed or has taken on within the last few years from, yeah, fairly introverted. She, she likes to, you know, say that she's an introverted individual. Still holding on to that but title. I, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm really disagreeing with it more and more um, week after week because I've seen Allie now kind of uh, really, really, yeah. Pushing the boundaries, yeah. And I think that introverted term is um, not really as applicable as it it was before. But that's the progression that that I've been able to to see with Allie is that she just continues to look for the next goal, the next thing and the next, and, and exactly you know, sort of the motto of this podcast is, is rising out of her comfort zone. And so she continues to look for the next thing that's going to push her out of her comfort zone, whether it's going to be uh, a sport or a fitness goal, whether it's going to be a career goal, whether it's going to be family goals, anything like that. So, and that only inspires me to sort of push, you know, further ahead and, and, um, and yeah, because, Again, there's there's nothing stopping me. Because uh, only my mind is mm-hmm. the only thing that uh, yeah that would stop me from. Uh, well, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of things that are stopping both of you, and, and uh, you've used uh, both of them. And you talked about your mind for sure. That is obviously uh, the first one that comes to me unattended. The second one is titles. Uh, well, Ali's an introvert. No, she's not. <laughs> she's not. No, nor, nor is she an extrovert. Right. She is. She is. Yeah. In the moment, right now, and so that's. I look at introversion and extroversion as a as a fluid situation. Mm-hmm. It's a fluidized person, and so if someone truly believes that they're an introvert and they never can shake that title, then that's how they may think they have to act in every instance. But I can mm-hmm. assure you, if Allie and I were hanging out in a room, we'd be so chill, and she'd be like. She'd be talking so much because we'd be having so many laughs. But you can't do that with everyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe she would demonstrate in introvert characteristics in a room full of jerks, not cool people. Accurate. And so mm-hmm. it, it comes down to um, the the world around us is fluidized, and we're interoperating in it. And if we can stay in the now, then we do really well. 
unless we're in a room full of jerks, and then we just slip off to the side. We didn't become instantly introverted. All we did was adjust to the real time in order to be more efficient and effective in the real time, and then figure out how to outflank it or leave the room and uh, carry on accordingly. And no one ever became introverted. No one ever became extroverted. We just became our best version of ourselves in the fluid moment, if that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. I like that, actually. Yeah. It's a really interesting way to think yeah. about it. And you know, I yeah, agree with it. Introvert, you know, like, oh, now I'm an introvert. I've got to be introverted. It doesn't though. really work. Yeah. No, no, not at all. And yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. And you're right. It does, it's all uh, depending on your environment as well and depending on your surroundings, too. Because um, myself, like, I, yeah, I'm fairly outgoing. But depending on where I am, um, I can kind of close off and shut down if I'm not around you know, individuals that are, you know, happy bringing or that a crowd out, yeah. that, yeah, that are bringing out the, the best in me and the best in themselves even. Um, I'll, uh, I'll kind of shut down and quiet down because that's, yeah, that's not, maybe that's not a comfortable setting for me. Maybe that's not a comfortable environment. And, you know, I need to take myself uh, out of that. So. Mm -hmm. Bad energy you want to leave. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, uh, I just did a little bit of that myself out at Operation Texas Jump. So I was out there for a week. Turns out I shook way more hands than I ever anticipated I would shake. It was a, a whole weird moment for me, but we, we won't get into that. It was just, I just met a lot of people and yeah. uh, things to say. And, and it made you uncomfortable because they were so nice to you. <laughs> you know, the other aspect was uh, there was a lot of that going on. So I, I had sort of that to contend with. And then the other aspect was handshake. Hey, how you doing? Are you Chantel? Yeah, I am. Do you have a minute? Yeah, I do. And then half an hour later, I've heard their entire story from the time they were in diapers until the time they got blown up. And so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to process with each new person. And uh, by the end of that week, like my battery was freaking drained because I was full tilt every single day. Cause I know I was only going to be there a certain amount of days. So every day got my full day, but by yeah. the end of it, I needed two, two days off in Victoria just to recharge again. Yeah. But it's a, it's, I was going to say it's a price that I'm happy to, Hey, it wasn't a price. It was just a, a little bit of a tax, as it were. It was a bit taxing on me because uh, I, I really mm, poured myself into the moment. And so that's that's for me to decide. I didn't have to do that. I could have easily backed off. Uh, and, and like yourself, Dave, there's times when I just didn't want to be there because maybe someone was just a bit too negative. And, mm -hmm. and I don't want to be around that. But I kind of challenged myself to some degree to be there for that and to absorb that and try to turn it into good and try to like recalibrate someone down a better path and and looking back on it even though it was a heavy lift it was the right lift and, mm -hmm. and i have no regrets because i gave it my all and i think i had some pretty good outcomes uh, at least for uh, a, a lot of the people there and so it was a uh, it was worth my time and it was worth the push into the uncomfortable position that I was in the one that I didn't want to be in, by the way, but sometimes that's just what you got to do, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then giving yourself, was that, is that hard for you to give yourself some kind of time off or rest days or yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Even if you need it, it's, it's a double down bad because I pour myself into something. Then I've got to take a couple of days off, which I don't like to take off. And then it's like, yeah. it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't do it, it's like you'll crash and burn. So you got to take the time. That's yeah. right. Right. That's right. And in fact, uh, to your point, and, and you raise an excellent uh, point, so I want to highlight it with before we went out to Operation Pegasus Jump, some of the troops are saying, 
Oh, you're bringing your bike out. We'll go ride in here. Hey, you're bringing your BJJ stuff out. Can't wait to roll with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. chirp, chirp, chirp. And I said to everyone, no, I'm not bringing anything out because when I get there, I'll be too busy doing what I got to do out there rather yeah. than all the other stuff. Yeah. And so I pushed mega hard on the bike and, and athletic pursuits right up until the day that we were going to drive to Operation Pegasus Jump because I knew I wouldn't be getting any workouts in for 10 days. Then when I got there, my psychological and emotional got worked at 11 out of 10. And then when I got back to Ros and I, I jumped back on the bike and man, I felt it because I was, I was a bit frazzled. I was, I was a bit rusty. And then the day after I got off, off the bike, because I usually ride twice a day, I got off yeah. the bike. I was like, oh man, I'm a bit sore. I'm a bit soft. Yeah. I got a bit weak. <laughs> good. 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 <laughs> good. 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 You had uh, you took two spills on one of your videos. Was that uh, just after? Yeah, yeah, that was just after. So how that kind of came about was uh, I was before I left to go to Op Pegasus Jump. The dirt was awesome. I mean, it was hooking up like magic dirt. And then uh, when I came back, it had been really hot while I was gone. So uh, I just rounded a standard issue corner that I'm used to, and there was just that super fine. Uh, marble dust on top of a flat rock, and whoosh, there went the bike, and it was me doing a Superman uh, right away. Uh, that's the way it is. Conditions changed uh, uh, quite a bit while I was gone, so I just went prepared right. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you, um, you know, just going back to that, uh, you know, being in an environment or being in a setting, setting where you know there may be some individuals that are kind of, you know, got that negative energy going on, and and sometimes. Sometimes you can be the you can be the one to turn that around, mm-hmm. depending on how much you put out of yourself, and depending on um, yeah how much like like I say you can turn around the energy and, and maybe be that positive uh, spark that the whole group was maybe lacking and 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 uh, kind of yeah again turning around really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, but you know what the tricky part is? Sometimes you can be the cause of it, right? And so, like, you can step in, and if, if it's a group that's a bit bummed out, and you walk up, hey, boys, what's up? And, like, they just ain't into being happy. Now you're the cause of the... You made it worse. You tried, though. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Wow, there's that. Oh, well, Ali, what, uh, what are your thoughts on um, pushing past or pushing through? Because um, you've, you've pushed you know, because you can, you've pushed mm-hmm. uh, things over the last little while and, and uh, certainly physically um, that's, I think only um, overlapped with uh, sort of what you've you know, achieved um, on the, you know, mental challenge side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of my kind of specific examples that I had written down was that I think in 2021, we had wanted to do one of my goals for the year was to do a 22 K rock which I've never even ran that far, let alone rocked that far. Was that the right year, 2021? I think so. I think. Um, and we trained for it and kept adding uh, distance and weight to the rock and everything. And it went really well. And we ended up doing it four times that year instead of just one. We did two within two weeks. I think. Yeah. And then we did another one. And then we did one in the fall or something. I don't know. We ended up doing a bunch. Um, but to the point of that, of having these hard experiences or physical experiences to draw from is just so beneficial. Um, Like one specific example 
recently is that I had to give the eulogy or not that I had to, but I wanted to do the eulogy at my brother's funeral in um, April, the end of April. And uh, the morning of, I kind of was freaking out a little bit, having some anxiety and a lot of feelings because it's such a hard day. And so I just said to Dave, okay, I have to do a little, just a mini workout because I just knew I needed that to kind of calm my nerves. And then I'm going to go for a walk and then I'll be hopefully ready for this as ready as you can be for something so horrible. Um, and so when I was walking, I literally just started listing off in my head things that I had done that were really hard that I thought I'd never do. So the ruck was one of them. I thought, you know, during that ruck at the 17 kilometer mark, which was in my opinion, the hardest for me personally, because you've done so many, but you still have a little chunk mm -hmm. to go. Maybe it's the 15. I don't know. Right around there. I know I always have a little, a rough time, but like, so just thinking about how I just kept putting one foot in front of the other injured at one point, that one wreck we did, I was fairly injured and didn't want to stop. So, and just being like, well, you got through that and it was really hard, but you did it. Okay. So that's one little win, if you want to call it a win for lack of a better word, but just you did that and you can do this too. And then I had to think of other things like doing the fitness show, you know, that's way out of my comfort zone, walking on stage, being judged mm -hmm. and all dolled up like a Barbie and <laughs> it was an amazing experience but it was really hard and for a long time I thought I'd never do it and then I did and I had a ball and I'm gonna do another one um so just kind of having these other experiences to draw from that were really hard that I did by choice because I wanted to to be able to get through this really difficult day that was a nightmare really but to do a little less difficult it did because it just gave me a little confidence and I just thought even if I can't get through it, I know Dave has got my back and he'll step in for me, but I did get through it because I wanted to do Colin the honor that he deserves. So it just. It not only got through it, but, but just, it, it couldn't have been better, you know, because you had prepared. I practiced. And, and I, and yeah. Again, I, I think all those physical challenges that you had uh, gotten yourself through, uh, I think that developed the mindset that um, you're just going to do it. Yeah. And anything. that's the thing too, is um, something else I meant to say before was that doing those things just develops the self-trust. So I just knew like you can do it and just having that confidence within yourself to just know that in the moment you can do it. I don't know how else to really put it or how, how else to expand on that is just, you just do in the moment. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah. there, there's, there's a couple of things there for sure. Okay. And, uh, and I think that uh, there's an important distinction between the things that you choose to do and the things that you have to do. So we'll get back to that in a sec. And I also think that there's a certain amount of difficulty that we've all got to face in our lives so that it's so freaking hard that nothing else will be even harder than what I just went through. Mm -hmm. We, we were, have just been talking about it over the last few days on The Collective. And uh, my example was the Pathfinder course, and uh, it's pretty hard. And uh, once you've done one of those bad boys, you can put it in your back pocket and look uh, into the future and say, freaking bring it. Yeah. What's next? Yeah, you did that. Yeah. And harder. Yeah. Uh, you can't give me anything harder. So whatever that is uh, for everyone out there, whatever difficulty that they've faced, you need to have something in your back pocket. But not not the way that you described it, Ali. You, you can't go out for a walk and think, What's uh, what would it be? What it, it should be right there. 
it should be always in your back pocket. Like mm-hmm. that was so freaking bonkers that nothing could be more bonkers than that bonkers. Like it's it should be all always front and center in your head, mm-hmm. in your back pocket. Something so crazy that it's always in your mind. Uh, so there's that. The, the second thing is once you've got that crazy thing, you have the sometimes the luxury of choosing to do something uh, and, and applying that bonkers thing against it. But then sometimes you don't get the choice. Sometimes you've just got to mm-hmm. like you had to. And so um, what you did was you used something that you chose to do that was difficult to help you move through a thing that you had to do. Yeah. Good that you've experienced those two things. Because if you only experienced one, you only got half of the equation. You've got to get used to being good at doing things that you don't want to do. Absolutely. Now now you've got another example for your other back pocket that's called, I can do the things that I don't want to do when I have to do them. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good place to be in. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a necessarily a, um, a situation where you're trying to seek out stressful uh, challenges or seek out things, but but if they present themselves, you've got the tools in the toolbox to be able to kind of go, yeah, I can I can overcome this. I, you know, for me personally, um, you know, I would procrastinate, um, you know, difficult phone calls if I if I had you know, banking issues or whatever it was uh, that I had to I had to face, like. Yeah, I put I, a phone I, call I, off to I the next there's more to the story. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I already know. <laughs> yeah. But those sort of things, like, you know, I, I would procrastinate, I would put those off. And then the more things that I accomplished, um, yeah, whether it was through sport or whether it was through career or whether it was through family, whatever it was, the more things that I, you know, accomplished – you know, that the easier things became to, to face. And so I no longer, I no longer procrastinate with those kind of challenging things or those kind of things. I just, I just hit them. Mm-hmm. On. Just they become less stressful on. because you're like, well, it's not a big deal now. Exactly. It just breaks, you know, it, breaks it down in your mind. I've gotten through everything in my life so far and here I am. So, you know, what's stopping me? There's nothing stopping me really from, um, having that uh, you know, difficult conversation or doing that difficult task um, because there's, yeah, other than my mind sort mm-hmm. of telling me that, oh, we'll do that tomorrow. Or yeah. Putting it off. Another day, what is it that you always off. tell me? What's that? What is it that you always tell me about doing that? Just do it. I don't know. No, it's like an army thing. I will circle back. No, <laughs> could be, could be the end. You also tell it to Josh. No, not that. <laughs> we also say it to Josh all the time. About not putting off what can be done today. Oh, never pass a fault. Yeah, there we go. There it is. That's a good one. That's very RCR. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's uh, there is another aspect to what you're talking about, and that is uh, you you have addressed procrastination as an example, and so now you don't put things on you know, what whatever the banking, the this, the that, whatever. It just gets done. Bang, 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 bang. But there's a time. So you, you, you can, and I'm not speaking about you, Dave, I'm speaking about the theoretical person out there. There's a time when you can be a procrastinator, and then you can change your ways, and then you can become a person of action. And once you're in that phase, you can then kind of get lost in that phase. And by that, I mean, like you just get used to bang, bang, banging things out. 
but you never actually go to the next logical phase, which is pursue more difficult things to go bang out because you can find yourself in a little bit of a rut, you know, like, Hey, look at my day go. Everything's I'm nailing everything. It's my life is so good because it's not that difficult. I just nail, 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 nail. But that's because maybe a person has got comfortable nailing the the mediocre day. Mm-hmm. And I'm suggesting once you start nailing things, you need to make it an extraordinary day. Yeah, it's time to just switch it up a little bit. Add it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Level sure. up. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's all in the pursuance of 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 learning, continuing ed- continuing education, learning more and more things and and uh, not getting comfortable um, you know, in in just being stationary in a fixed position of like, oh, okay, well, I know how to do this. Yeah, I, I do this do now. That. This is what I'll do for the next 50 years. Like how boring is that? Exactly. So just always looking for the next thing that, hey, well, I achieved this. What can I achieve next? Yeah. What can I move on to next? What's my next goal? And yeah, we've, we've always got a checklist of, uh, you know, and it changes uh, week to week sometimes, you know, I'll, you know, something will pop under our heads and, and that'll get thrown on the on the to-do list or the checklist of things that we want to accomplish and it's it's never ending which i freaking love i think it's i think it's exciting i think you know to have that uh, never-ending checklist uh, of things you want to achieve and, you know. and and by the way it's uh, it's exciting for everyone around you right i mean you'd be the worst kind of friend if you weren't inspiring me you know what i'm saying mm-hmm you're the guy that I'm fireman's carrying around uh, all the day. Uh, whereas I want to be chasing a guy rather than fireman's carrying him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my friends, I, I want to look at them and think, what? He's going to do what? That's red donk. I want some of that. Yeah. yeah. Pursuing it myself, right? So anyone who's got, I won't call it an aggressive growth mindset, but anyone who's got a forward thinking mindset where it's not that you don't ever settle. It's just that... You know, you you just have a certain sense of uh, joy of life, we'll call it, where you just want a little bit more. And that's not being greedy. That's just being exploratory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you're willing to work for it. It's not like you're just expecting it to fall into your lap. Like the working for it is the fun part, yeah. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and, and you're right, you do you find yourself surrounding your, your yourself with those uh, personalities, those type of people where um, you know, they, they're either chasing you or you're chasing them. I mean, my, my close friend also named Sean, who is just kicking ass at the, the Must game be of a Sean thing. And, and he and I, he and I will message each other, you know, throughout the week. And, uh, and sometimes it'll just be little fitness updates on like, Oh, you know, Hey, my, my body weights at this, this week. And my, my five percent my fats at this week and, and or that's this right now and uh oh i'm lifting this right now and oh my time is this and and so it's just like game and we're yeah we're i'm competitive and we're competitive people but it's a it's a great bond and a great friendship and all we're doing is just trying to you know just push each, each other, other up yeah. and push each other to the next level because i'm going oh shit those are his numbers like I, that's right that's right which is which is actually there's a there's kind of a funny thing that uh my son and i so my my son's a reservist with me in the uh, with the hcps and um and we're even competitive between the two of us, which is uh, which is a lot of fun. Dude, have you ever rolled with a savage nineteen-year-old who can choke you out like that? Right, my oldest son. I mean, like it's bonkers, man. Oh, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. So he and I, 
you know, it's kind of a, a, a rule that uh, when you come into the armories, you come out of the parade square, um, at least uh, for myself and the new troops and, and a lot of the troops that, uh, you know, you drop your kit and you head straight to the pull-up bar and you, and you do your max pull-ups and then you drop down, you do your max push-ups. And so he and I are in uh, two different platoons, but it's really fun to watch and really interesting to watch because both of us, because I'll catch him looking over at me, like, so I'll drop my kit and I'll head over to the pull-up bar. And I know he's counting how many pull-ups I'm doing. I know he's counting how many push-ups because I'll leave and I'll head over to my platoon and then a corner of my eye, I'll watch him and and I'm counting his. And I kind of go like, oh, shit, you know, he did like two more than I did. I got to go back. Embarrassing. It's, uh, yeah, it's fun. It should be, as it should be. And I mean, it's, uh, that's all I ever want to be surrounded by uh, is that kind of mindset, that kind of, I mean, no one's cutting any throats. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of, it's a bit of competitive spirit. It's a bit of, uh, it's a bit of tradition. It's something to look forward to. It's something to dread. It's all of the things Mm -hmm. that lead from time to time you know yeah and, and just in the pursuit of you know bettering yourself yeah it gets you all yourself, fired up yeah preparing yourself for whatever's going to happen tomorrow so it's uh it's good do you, do you do any secret training when when his back is turned do you uh do you get on that chin up bar and get like chinorific so that <laughs> he, he, you just implode his little peanut with how many chins you're cracking out all the time so we i mean we have a pull-up bar just next to us here in the, in the gym and and yeah i'm hitting all the time and you know what he's he's probably got one secretly at home oh, and he does yeah, yeah i'm sure he does yeah yeah no i have to i'll never forget the the day cross-country running so uh i i used to coach with our university with our, our cross-country running team and um when my son you know he was probably 13 or 14, 14, 15, maybe. And I would bring him to some of the practices and, uh, and I'll never forget the day that, um, during a warm up, um, even the warm up, like we, we were still competitive between the two of us and I'll never forget the day that I couldn't keep up with him. And I thought, well, there it goes. There it is. Yeah. There it goes. So it just, yeah, yeah. It just, it, uh, leveled up. Moment. Like I, I still remember certain points in uh, my boys' lives. Uh, uh, they're nineteen and eighteen now, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's inevitable. Uh, none of us are invincible or eternal. And uh, when these little moments happen, it's it's fun, man. I dig it. It's uh, it it's a lot of fun. Whenever they show up, they're supposed to show up, and and I'm not going to uh, undermine that. I'm going to enjoy the moment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it just keeps me pushing to, mm-hmm. to work harder because well, now I want to chase him. Now I want to keep up with him. And, and luckily, Josh, our other kid, is only almost seven. So yeah. we're going to have that moment all over again so, in a couple yeah, of years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it might only be two years away. Yeah, it might yeah. be. He's pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. 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 So um, we, we started off with maybe talking about um, performance uh, as an athlete or or uh, the things learned uh, through adversity, or um, uh, the things that I've learned, or the things that you've learned. Is there something to redirect back to specifically that you have in mind that uh, you wouldn't mind talking about, or, or are you happy with just free flowing? Because I, I, I love a good chat, so I've got nowhere to take it specifically. I know we are coming up free, on the hour. Free spot flowing too, is is, so. uh, is is the way to go. Yeah, and that was it. I mean, it was really yeah that that metaphor. Um, and that sort of that good analogy with 
you know, training for training for anything in sport where you're trying to, um, you know, perfect a technique or perfect a sport or master it. Um, again, that those skills developed, they just, they only transfer into anything you want to uh, tackle in life or face uh, adversities in life. Um, you break it down one step at a time and, and you sometimes you have to stop by looking at the the overall maybe overwhelming sort of thing in front of you and then figure out the steps the smaller steps and the smaller uh methods that you have to take um in order to you know achieve the greater goal um you know one again one step at a time so um yeah which sort of circles a bit yeah that's that. what i was earlier when i tried to cut you off when you were talking about the hurdles about staring down at 10 and how you thought, Oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. Or how am I going to be able to do this? But looking at 10 of them is overwhelming. Yeah. So you have to look at, well, I guess the starting blocks or whatever they're called. I didn't do hurdling, so I'm not sure of the terminology. <laughs> was cool. I was super cool. Still yeah. am. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you like, and then you did go on to say exactly what I was going to say. So yeah, but breaking down any problem or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish in your day, if you're looking at your whole day and you think, oh my God, I've got so many things to do, blah, blah, blah. How am I going to do it? Well, you just start with the first easiest one, which is make your bed. Right. Which Dave does Every for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because I get up first. Um, and uh, And then you just go along with it and check off those little wins and then that gives you momentum to keep going and when you hit something that kind of pushes down or whatever traffic or if you get into a negative mindset oh now i'm going to be late for work and then you're going to tailspin into yeah your whole day is going to be ruined if you let it but if you can master your mind and just think you know what if i'm a couple minutes late it's not a big deal yeah. work will still be there when i when you get there exactly yeah 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 yeah, we're um, yeah. I think we've covered we've covered a lot of ground that I <laughs> wanted to cover on that topic. And again, just practice months. Oh, yeah, I did want to touch on. So, anytime it's it's happened numerous times that Ali and I have been out rocking, and um, you know, we pass people on the trail. Oh yeah. And they and inevitably they always ask us, you know, what it. What are you training for? You know, what are you, what are you and our answer has always kind of been the same. Life. We're, we're training for life. That's yeah. 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 We're, we're training for life. We're training for whatever, whatever tomorrow comes, is going to yeah. bring us, you know, so we can handle it. So mm -hmm. whether it's a physical challenge or um, mental resilience, whatever it is, um, that's what we're out here doing. We're uh, pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. So tomorrow, whatever comes is easier to handle. So yeah. Yeah. Any yeah. final thoughts on that, Sean? Yeah, training for life, uh, that, that is precisely what I've done every day of my life. But I like to think of it as uh, this phrase, uh, I'm in the game. Mm -hmm. I'm in the game of life. And, and if you're asking me what game I'm playing right now, you ain't in the game. <laughs> the game of life means every day you're in the game. Uh, so, you know, there's that. Awesome. Yeah, awesome for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So we're going to, uh, we'll wrap up today's episode, um, with that. Um, do you have a quote? Oh no, Sean, you no. have a quote. So Sean, that's Sean the thing. We're going to spring this on Sean. So uh, at the end of every, every episode, we're sort of leaving things with an inspirational, um, few words or a quote or anything like that. So Sean, you get the honor today of, um, sort of, uh, leaving things with, um, whatever words of wisdom or whatever inspirational words you want to throw out there. 
Well, thanks for that. I, I suppose I could throw out a glib comment like uh, facta non verba or deeds, not words. which would be appropriate uh, yeah. based on yeah. the conversation that we've had. However, I'd like to flippity-flop it a little bit. And uh, the quote of the day that I'm going to go with is uh, courtesy of Dave, and it is, uh, try to hurdle your way through life. Amazing. I like Love it. it. I like it. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks, Sean, so much for uh, coming on and joining on this. I'm I'm certain that we'll have you back. Please um, do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll hit up Satch and some of the others. Uh, we got a long list. We got a long of guests list of that guests. we are hoping to have on the show, and it's going to be good because yeah, you know you will, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm a big fan, and I wish you all the best. And I know that you're going to do great. So keep on keeping on. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. And uh, thanks, everyone. So everyone can have a, have a great night. And uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Okay, bye.